This is Austin, Danny, and Will. Powered through 88.1 The Berg Studios. On demand on 88.1 The Berg SoundCloud. Now, here's Austin Lane, Danny DeBach, and Will Ortner. What is up, everybody? Austin Lane, Danny DeBach, and Will Ortner in the 88 Won the Berg studios here for the next episode of your favorite sports podcast, Austin, Danny, and Will. And boys, how has your week been? We're right in the thick of this quarter, and we're just getting into the swing of things on the rest of the year, starting off 2019 with a hot start with these podcasts, and they're just getting better and better every week. But I want to know how you guys are doing so far this quarter. So far this quarter, it's it's been a great transition. It was nice to have the, the Christmas break and just to relax with family, but it's now time to get back into business, and it's great to, to develop a tempo and keep it going throughout the course of this quarter. So right now, so far, so good thus far. Will, how you doing, bud? Well, you know, I just smacked a gallon of milk challenge. Danny's kind of challenged me back on that. <laughs> so Going for two. I don't want you to die, but I do want you to try this. I would love to see you kind of puke. We'll see about that. So you, actually, you, you actually got down a gallon of milk in an hour. I did. It hurt. I think when I went to the bathroom, all that came out was milk. <laughs> um, and so then I had to take a nap. I It was pretty brutal. Uh, I had to have someone drive me home. And I got there eventually, went to sleep on the couch, took a two-hour little power nap, and uh, then I came back to work. So when Danny offered to uh, challenge you by drinking two gallons in one hour, you literally don't want him to because you you know like most people would be like oh yeah yeah go ahead challenge me but you literally wouldn't put this on your worst enemy no like literally it says it's nearly impossible to drink one you're gonna go after two dude don't die he's like, pretty literally don't die you could die oh. seriously don't die well I'll be sure not to die hopefully but I know my I my life has an expiration date obviously but I'll make well, sure that's for your dark. case will that it won't be when I drink two gallons of milk in one hour. Well, are you going to do exactly what Will did and just starve himself all day before he goes into the challenge? That's my plan. Do you know That's how many calories that is? What are you going to drink? Are you going to drink uh, 2%, 1%, whole milk, fat-free? What are you going to go? With? I'll drink whatever you drank earlier, Will. It was I drank fat-free. I enjoy fat-free. Fat and I do too. So just so free. you know, that's 1,600 calories of just milk. That's a that, lot of that's, that's one. You're going to do that times two. Yes. I don't math, but that's a lot of dang calories, dude. That, that's a lot of protein, too. It's like 32, 32,000 yes. Yes. calories in an that. hour. <laughs> 32,000. Yeah. That's more than I'm supposed to eat in a day. Yeah. And I'm huge. Like, you're yoked, but you're not 66,300. Okay, that may be true. Like, but dude, I'm ready. I'm that's ready. So much. Like, I really, please have a nurse or like a firefighter, EMT, someone there to revive you <laughs> once you go after this. We'll see about that, Will, when the time comes. All right. Speaking of food and drink, let's get into our opening talking point. This is a good one. We got the Super Bowl coming up next Sunday, and we need to know what are the best foods to eat during Super Bowl Sunday. You guys can chime in with the comments here on Facebook, but I want to know what you guys have to say. Best foods to eat during the Super Bowl? Best foods to eat during the Super Bowl? Ooh, pizza is always a winner. Nice pepperoni pizza 
Oh, that, that just brings out the taste buds. But if I were to go of anything, you know, over Christmas break, I went through a 20-day streak of Chipotle, so I wouldn't Good mind. Lord. I I wouldn't mind a nice a nice little little bowl of Chipotle to do me for the course of the of the Super Bowl. So I'd say Chipotle. He's more of like a meal guy, not a snack guy. I'm more of a snack guy. I want like wings. And- well, I know what you want. You want chips. That's what you eat at every party. Every party I've been with you, you <laughs> eat some sort of chip, and then you offer it yeah, to other people. I mean, you are a nice little snack giver. I am. I Every party you see me at, I'm giving away Cheetos or you know tortilla chips. You're right about that. 100%. But specifically Super Bowl Sunday, I might have to change it up a little bit. I need my wings. And my dad makes these things. It's like a little Smokies wrapped in a croissant. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then you dip them in yep. some ketchup and mustard. Now that's good. Those are classics. My mama makes those as well. That's a good call. I am actually going to kind of steal a little bit from you because I do want those little Smokies wrapped in croissants mm-hmm. that my mama makes. But she also makes this like – she calls it a Texas trash bean dip. And it's like beans and it's got some cheese in there. Mm. And it's just good. It's just really good. So that with some like – Chips of whatever kind that you got. Awesome. That's where I'm going with my foods. Yeah, we got Benito chiming in on Facebook Live saying Lil Smokies, he agrees with us. You know, it's not even the ones wrapped in the croissants. It's the ones you put in the barbecue sauce in the crock pot, too, for the game. I mean, I could probably eat a whole package of Lil Smokies by myself, even though it's really unhealthy. But they're oh so good. They are. I have to agree with you. All right, let's get to our next talking point. Let's talk about the teams that are actually in the Super Bowl the Rams going to the Super Bowl, do you think it was more because they deserve to win, or do you think the Saints beat themselves in the NFC Championship? That's difficult to say. Obviously, the Saints had their chances. They they had two drives in the first quarter where they were in the red zone, and what do they do? One of the best offenses in the league, they only come up with three points for both those drives. So that's, that's eight points that you could have easily have had off of the board. And then... In the fourth quarter, they had so many chances to seal that game. Don't get me wrong. That P.I. call, it was trash. It was not a great call by the referee because it should have been called, obviously. But the fact of the matter is the Saints had so many chances to win that game. To me, as much as the Rams won that game, it was also a bit of the Saints beating themselves. I 100% agree with you, Danny, because... One play doesn't make a game. Yeah, for sure. Should have been a PI. You go in. They probably score. They probably win the game. But that didn't happen. And so you need to look back at what the Saints did wrong. And what they did wrong is they found a way to give up a 13-point lead. They had at one point. Drew Brees looked old when he was out there in the second half. He struggled. Yes, did the D-line get to him a little bit? For sure. Humble brag. That's what I said would be the reason that they would win or lose. But when I look at it, I don't take the PI as the reason you lost. And if that's if that's what you're going to blame as the reason you lost, then you need to look in the mirror and really look at what was wrong with what you did, what your team did. I don't see the PI call as the reason they lost, but I also see it as the reason they didn't win the game. Let's we, You have to be honest here. If they call the PI, the game's over. The Saints are going to the Super Bowl. And on the other side of the script, you know, you have history goes down as no call. Rams win the game. Oh, the Saints could have done this. They could have done this. They could have done this. But when it comes down to the one play that could have sent the Saints to the Super Bowl, it was that non-PI call. And if they get that PI call, like I said, they're winning that game. So you can't sit here and tell me that the Rams deserve to win the game. Oh, but sure, the Saints 
blew it for themselves. But they did a lot of things. They could have done a lot of things better. They got a turnover on the first drive, and they only ended up with a field goal. They started out of the gates a little slow offensively. But you come down to the end of the game where the plays matter the most, and you get a non-call like that, there's a reason the city is suing the NFL because it's one of the worst non-calls in the history of the NFL. 100%, for sure. But if you are a good team, you don't let that happen. When have you ever seen Brady and Belichick let that happen? It doesn't happen. Never happens. Ever. You have a, a freak thing, terrible call, awful. I think that referee should probably get fired, and if he doesn't, he needs to get demoted because that's a terrible non-call. But you put yourself in that position, and you didn't succeed. It's on them, 100%. You need to find a way to win a game. One play doesn't make or break a season, and I feel like that was proven this weekend. I don't care if it was on the Saints or not. The main question is, did the Rams deserve to win the game? And I don't think they did. Well, here, well, look at look at the Rams side of things. They they hung tough in a hostile environment. They didn't let the atmosphere of the Superdome get to them because after those those first 10 minutes it seemed as if this game was over the Saints already booked their tickets to Atlanta but no the Rams showed their resolve consistently and they were able to hang in there with the Saints and then when they got their chance don't get me wrong that PI call was horrendous but after that 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 missed pass interference call Boy, did they did they show why they are one of the best teams in the league and why they belong in the Super Bowl because they didn't let that moment affect them. They kept on moving. And Jared Goff with in crunch time, boy was he ever clutch leading the Rams down the field to set up that game-tying field goal by Zer- by Greg Zerline. And boy, for that game-tying field goal, there was that moment where you saw that kick going in the air and you thought it was going to sag wide, but it just took that nice little turn so that it would go right through the uprights. Talk about a heck of a kick, too. That thing would have been good yeah. from 70. He has a leg. Danny, dude, we agree for once. It's That's so awesome, bro. It's a Think about how dope that is. Okay, enough enough smooching. Let's get to the next talking point. Let's look at the other side, the AFC Championship, Pats and Chiefs. Now, the real question here is going up against that high-octane offense of the Kansas City Chiefs, we've seen it all year. Belichick went into this game with a game plan of controlling the time of possession. So is dominating that T.O.P. in the game the remedy to beating these new NFL offenses that are so high-octane? It's happened before. Bill Belichick, when he was the defensive coordinator with the New York Giants in his in his <laughs> second Super Bowl appearance as a as a coach, was taking on the Buffalo Bills, who were known for their their out of this world offense, and they just, and they were electric whenever they got on the field. It was insane how good this Bills team was. But what did Bill Belichick and his Giants team do? They ran the ball throughout the entire game, dominated time time possession, and only had the ball, f- and the Bills only had the ball for about 20-some-odd minutes. It, and it was the Giants who, who played keep away from the Bills. And this is the exact same a- aspect that, that Belichick implemented here against this Kansas City Chiefs team, particularly in the first half. Patriots were up 14-0 at, at halftime, and the Chiefs had, had only had the ball for, what, five minutes? And only 30-some-odd yards as a whole, that's how you win games against high-octane offenses. He's done it 
with the Giants against the Buffalo Bills. He's done it with the Patriots against Pat Mahomes. And he also did that in his first Super Bowl appearance as a head coach for the Patriots against the greatest show on turf and Kurt Warner and the St. Louis Rams. I have to agree with you. And, you know, I'm a Seahawks fan. I'm a homer. I don't like the Patriots. I don't like Bill Belichick. I don't like Tom Brady. But I am smart enough to know that Bill Belichick is the greatest game-planning head coach that the NFL has ever seen. For him to be able to go up against any type of offense and completely shut them down with no matter who he has on defense, that, that's enough to, t- to tell me you're the greatest game-planning coach of all time. And he went into this game knowing if they control the time of possession with that stellar run game that they have, they're going to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field and, you know, we have our friend Cajal who watched that Colts game thinking the Colts could beat the Chiefs, and he said the one reason the Colts didn't beat the Chiefs was that they didn't control the time of possession by running the ball. They, they tried to rely on Andrew Luck, and they got blown out by the Chiefs because they let Patrick Mahomes be on the field too much. And I think Belichick watched that game and knew exactly what to do in that AFC Championship to beat the Chiefs. Well, and that's a little bit what they did the first time they met. You know how smart Belichick is. You know he's going to do what he wants to do. And what he wanted to do was take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. He can't score if he's on the sideline. Plus, now by you taking control of time of possession, you're stopping your defense. You're allowing your own defense to be on the sidelines. Get a breather. Talk about making some different adjustments for the next time they go out. Really just stopping like the constant like <sighs> going out hard on the field. That's stuff that we saw in the Colts game. Mm-hmm. You saw those Colts linebackers, D-linemen, getting tired on the sideline, getting extra oxygen. You didn't really see that with the Patriots. Because they made sure to keep the ball out of one of the scariest quarterbacks in the league this season. And that's why they win games. That's why they're here again. And that's why they've been to more Super Bowls than, like, most teams have been to championships in their league. What's impressed me with the Patriots particularly was in crunch time. That's that's what that's what really was the big impact because you take a look at how the Patriots were efficient on third down particularly that was incredible what Tom Brady and the Patriots were able to do when third down after third down arose what did Brady do he came in the clutch and he he converted he converted third down after third down it was insane how he was so efficient on third down, particularly late in the third quarter yeah. when the drive was in the balance and yeah. and and they had to pick up a first down to keep the drive and perhaps their Super Bowl hopes on the line. Yeah, and for for Tom Brady to do that repeatedly over and over again, it just goes to show how great this quarterback is. He might not have the best body or the best best. Uh, I beg to differ. His body's nice. Maybe now, but his he doesn't have incredible attributes physically, but he's able to come in the clutch when it matters the most. Yeah, I was watching that game, and you know, for how much the Patriots were able to control the time of possession, it was also still a low-scoring game on both sides of the ball going into halftime. And I was kind of thinking, you know, this is a great game plan and all, but you're also sort of keeping the keeping Tom Brady out of the game from getting in that shootout kind of game with Patrick Mahomes. I thought it might have came back to bite them at the end. You know, you're keeping Patrick Mahomes off the ball off the off the field by uh, running the ball a lot, but you're also taking a lot of time off and only putting up so many points instead of getting in a shootout. So they were up, you know, a couple touchdowns and I was saying, you know, if Patrick Mahomes can get back out on this field and do what he does, they're going to win this game, but 
like you said to your point, Tom Brady still, even in crunch time, did not let Patrick Mahomes back on the field. No, for sure not. And that's why he is the greatest clutch performer I've ever seen in football, arguably ever. And it's why he wins games. It's why he is a champion. It's why he is Tom Brady. It's why he's the GOAT. And this begs the question, Danny asked me earlier this week, we've already been over if Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. He asked me if he's the greatest athlete of all time. Do you no. guys think he's the greatest athlete of all time? No. Why? No. Why? Well, when you go and you look at it, yeah, he's a great player. He's throwing the ball around. I'd like to look at what Ian Collins tweeted out where we look at Jim Thorpe where he he won an Olympic gold medal in two left shoes, Danny. He found them in the trash. Not to mention that he was probably inebriated. He was known for kind of being around that area. Let's talk about the fact that he was uh, an MLB pro player. He played pro football. He did all that different kind of stuff. Let's talk about Bo Jackson. He's clocked in as probably running the fastest 40 ever at like 230 pounds as a running back. He didn't lift. He had a weight room in his house that he sprayed water on from his hose because he wanted people to think that he lifted. He just walked <laughs> out and did stuff. He showed up onto the baseball field and was hitting dingers. He showed up on the football field and was outrunning everyone. Those are great athletes to me. Tom Brady might be the greatest football player ever. He might be the, bra- the greatest quarterback ever. But I can't say that he's the greatest athlete. I wouldn't even say he's the greatest athlete in this generation because you Whoa. can just go look at – Le- I think LeBron is better than him, no, and I no. think Michael Phelps. I think Usain Bolt. Yes, I could, you could even you could even argue to me someone along the lines of a Floyd Mayweather or a Conor McGregor mm, as being maybe. better yeah. athletes than him. Well, first I'll attack Floyd. Floyd Mayweather. This is going to rile all the boxing fans, but I don't care. So here's my point about Floyd. He always picked his opponents that he knew he could beat, and he shied away from opponents that were in his prime. Well, in he, their prime. Beat, he beat everyone professionally. He hasn't lost since I was born. He won every single fight from 96 until now. He's never lost. That's the same as being, a, being the New England Patriots and playing the Cleveland Browns every single year for the Super Bowl. It, it's, it's a given. Well, He's going to win. He fought the best, the other best at that time, Manny Pacquiao. He beat him. He went into UFC. He fought McGregor. He beat him. He beat Canelo. He beat GGG. He's beaten everyone that he's supposed to beat, everyone that you could ask him to fight. He's fought and he's won. Well, it's debatable whether, they, whether those fighters did in fact win because there's always questionable calls. That's why I would not be that – if there's controversy – then I would not be that quick to come to the conclusion that this guy is the greatest of all time. Brady, he's been able to come in the clutch when it matters the most. And that's what you look for in an athlete. When it's when everything's when all the chips are in, when you're going all in, the goal for an athlete is to come in the clutch and Brady time and time again, just like we saw last Sunday, he came in the clutch. So to me the answer is simple. Brady is the best clutch performer of all time. He is the best athlete of all time, period. My point against Danny here is that I don't think the greatest athlete of all time can be someone involved with relying on teammates so much in one you think sport. You to be individual? I think it has to be individual. And I look at guys like you said, like Usain Bolt or Michael Phelps. And Danny, your point that he's a, gl- a clutch performer and it comes down to clutch time and he's really good in the clutch. Well, so is Michael Phelps. So is Usain Bolt. They get to the biggest stage where if you mess up once, you're done. You don't get another chance. 
for another four years. You know, this guy gets to go to the Super Bowl almost every year. He's in the AFC Championship every single year, basically. And why is that? Because of not only because of how good he is, but how good his team around him is. And I think the greatest athlete of all time are guys that can do it by themselves and not without a bunch of people around them. I don't necessarily go along with that line of thinking while I do respect it. But for me with Brady, it's athleticism. And he's not known for that. He's known for being a great clutch performer. And I do agree with you, Danny. I would say the best clutch performer of all time. I would say the best quarterback of all time. And I would definitely argue for him to be the best NFL quarterback of all time. But he's not a great athlete. He's an average athlete. Just go look at his combine numbers. So, yes, he does find ways to win. Yes, it is because his teammates help him. I don't hold that against athletes. I think Bo Jackson is one of the greatest athletes of all time, and he had teammates. But just there are things that he could do physically that no one else can do. And I can tell you right now, just from looking in the Cirque weight room, there's some guys who can do what Tom Brady does physically. (laughs) I could agree with that. But hang on a second. I'd say what Tom Brady has done is much harder than – then don't get me wrong. What these I respect Usain Bull. I respect Michael Phelps and what they've done. Tiger Woods even I would even go to stretch to say that he's in competition for that title. But I'm going to say this: what Tom Brady has done is the hardest task that you can ask of anyone in sports to lead a team to the Super Bowl nine times. That's absolutely unheard of. No man has done that since him, and probably no one will ever do it. Or no one will ever do him since he reaches his knife, and no one has done that before then. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's easy. Tom Brady, he, he okay, he might not be, be the best athletically gifted, but when it comes time to, to perform, that's when it matters, and that's why Brady is the best athlete of all time. All right, let's get to our three big questions this week. Question number one, should all-star games be scrapped? Yes. Ooh, it's a tough one because they are fun one. to watch. Yes. They're boring. I think they're fun to watch. I don't like them. Like the skills competitions, 100% agree. I love watching the slap shot competition in hockey. I love the dunk contest when we have people who can actually do cool dunks. I love the home run derby. You and I watched it together, Austin. Yeah. I love it. But the games themselves, they don't matter. No one plays defense. No one actually tries. You're just going out there just shooting shots. I don't care. I don't need to see Clay Thompson shoot 23s. <laughs> I would agree with you in all sports other than baseball. I think the baseball all-star game you have to keep. And the question is, should all-star games be scrapped? There's no specifics, so I have to say no. I say you, if, it, if it's worth keeping the baseball one, you got to keep NBA, NFL. Are you keeping the baseball one because it has – ties to the World Series? Not anymore. They don't have to play for home field advantage in the World Series anymore. Oh, they stopped doing that? No. But I just still think it's such a show of like getting all these guys together on one team. I, you know, I personally like baseball more than football and basketball, but just seeing all the guys on one team together once every year, it's super fun to watch. It's it's basically like a fantasy draft in one game. There is a special aura when it comes to baseball. It's America's pastime. It was America's sport for quite some time, and it was it was it was pre pre modern day America. It was going to the baseball game and watching your New York Yankees, your Brooklyn Dodgers play, and then and then comes the All Star game, 
where you get to see all the talents in baseball and in a sport that everyone pays attention to. It's the sport. And it, it remains that to this day. So I would have to agree with you in that stance, Austin. What really catches, which really, what really caught me the most with the All-Star game before they made that, that late change for, mm-hmm. for home field going to the, the, the highest the, record. The highest, yeah, the best yeah. record in, in, in between the two remaining teams. I'd say maybe if the Pro Bowl had, had regular season implications or perhaps even postseason asp- aspirations involved, maybe that could provide higher quality of play. But to this day— I'd rather scrap it than do that. But baseball is such a low risk game. Yeah. With, with as far well, as he, injuries are concerned, that's why there's there's more there's more openness to baseball's All Star Game as opposed to football and hockey, which are more high intensity. And then there's basketball, which well, obviously it's it's just a circus. Yeah. Run down the court. Here's another here's another thing to think of. You look at the NFL. What matchups do you enjoy watching in the Pro Bowl? Maybe a wide receiver versus a defensive back. Maybe a running back runs into a linebacker. You want to see who gets trucked and who gets thrown to the ground. Basketball, there's not really matchups in the All-Star game. There's no defense at all. Nobody really cares. NHL, I don't watch a lot of NHL, but I'm guessing maybe there's that matchup between the best shooter and the best goalie on either team. You know, Even looking at MLS, there's not really any matchups to watch out for. But when you watch the MLB All-Star game, you're watching the best pitcher in that league go up against three, four, five, six, sometimes even the whole lineup of the other team, and that's what I enjoy seeing. In football, basketball, hockey, you don't really get that in the All-Star game. But in baseball, you can see Clayton Kershaw and how he looks against Mike Trout, Jose Altuve, J.D. Martinez all in one inning. That's what I love about the MLB All-Star game. I would keep all the All-Star games just to keep the MLB one. No, you're such a homer. I'm not a homer. Yes, you are. Don't tell me you didn't get excited watching, like, Edwin Diaz – Get you know, go into the All Star game. I didn't watch the All Star game. I got excited watching the Home Run Derby. That's what I enjoy. <laughs> okay, okay. I didn't watch the All Star game. I don't. The All Star games don't do it for me. They don't do anything to my sports. Uh, fans. Me neither. But MLB is the only one. Like, so the, I see so Russell Wilson. I see Russell Wilson playing in the Pro Bowl. I'm just like, oh, Pro Bowl. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? But, I, but I see boring. Edwin. But I see Edwin Diaz pitching against you know, like Charlie Blackman and all these guys from the NL. It's like that's cool. Like can I know Edwin Diaz can strike out the number eight batter on the Texas Rangers, but can he strike out this guy who's hitting forty home runs in Coors Field? You know that's that's what I like to watch. That is that is kind of cool. Although, did you see the Russell Wilson skills competition? Yes, <laughs> that was awesome. Mitch Trubisky was. Don't get me wrong. I would, I would keep skills competitions. Oh. Skills competitions. I'm home all run for. derby dunk contest. The, I agree with you. The other keep stuff, those for sure. I just I can't do it. It no, doesn't. It doesn't going. do anything for me. Doesn't get my sports pants in a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the next question. Question number two of the three big questions this week: What is the better retirement sport, racquetball or golf? And I gotta say, even though I'm not retired yet, I hope to be one day. I would think that I would enjoy golf a little more. Golf, hundred percent. Racquetball's too much moving. You're hang retired. On, you, you gotta move. You've got like two just fake hips and a fake spot. knee. Hang on yeah. a second. Hang on a second. With racquetball, you get to stay in a sustainable shape. We hear everyone who's I don't retired. Care about my shape. They would say, "Oh, my knee That's is why hurting." I'm reti- yeah, I'm everything old. is hurting. But when you're in retirement, you want to stay fit and you want to maintain yourself no. in a great physical shape. Some people like you might want to. And that's and that's where well, that's racquetball comes good. in. 
We're we're already f- too far gone. He's, I mean, he I already like good. golf, and I have never played racquetball in my life, so maybe I'm a little biased. But imagine this: you retire, you move down to California, Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Sun's yeah. out. Sun's it's beautiful. out. You're going to the. You know, you got plans all day, and then you know, next day maybe you want to wake up early and you want to go play a retirement sport. You're, you're gonna go indoor and bruise your knee and break your elbow playing racquetball, or are you gonna go out to Pebble Beach? be on the golf course or playing golf tossing back a cold one with some of your buddies you're just hitting, rent a cart yeah you're you're in a cart you're just hitting golf balls shooting the breeze view of the pacific ocean come on what's yeah, better dude. No, what's better no what's what's better than, than what's better putting on your eye now putting putting on your eyewear with your nice handy eyewear. dandy handy dandy 200 oh racket to go swing 200 we get I like thousand dollar clubs you feel lavish when you're it's, playing it's golf. It's affordable. It's a retirement. I can get, all, I can get a whole thing of clubs. Golf is the for like, less than two hundred definition of a retirement sport. It's awesome. My grandpa does it every day. He goes out on the course every day. His golf balls. It's awesome. Danny, come join us. <laughs> join sorry. us in the you sun, gotta, Danny. You gotta come with me on the course. You're gonna get vitamin D deficient, bro. You need sunlight. <laughs> okay, okay. I might need a little bit. I might come out for a round or two, but I'm Multiple. staying. I'm staying in the court. The court's where it's at. There's nothing. I'm staying on the course. Like the there's nothing like course the, over court. Oh my god. Course over court. There, I, there's Why would you nothing want to go court? compared. There's court nothing never compared ha- to the intensity that goes on between a racquetball. Nothing good match. ever happens in a court. It's true. People <laughs> you know, people, people you go to jail in a court. You go to jail in courts. Yeah. You, you all you can also win in a court. You don't retire and go play a sport in a court. You go on the course. That's that's when you're laid back and you, and you're not active at all. Racquetball's more oh, active. Oh, golf is active enough. Whoa, it's active enough. Moving on. Did you hear this? Final man? question. Old. Final question. Who should the Seahawks fans root for in the Super Bowl? I am rooting for the Rams because I'm tired of the Pats winning Super Bowls. And as much as I respect Tom Brady as the goat, I don't want this man to have six rings because. Later in life, I'm going to look back and just be like, I watch Tom Brady in the Super Bowl every year. And, you know, as a Seahawks fan, I don't like either team, really. The Rams have always been kind of that rivalry with us, um, sometimes more than the Niners, sometimes a little less, like the about five years ago. The Niners were a little more rivals than us. But a little more. <laughs> I just I would rather see the Patriots lose than the Rams lose this one. That's a tough one. I wonder what team you're, you're going to pick. Fan. With you can't your, even talk. What? I wonder what what team you're going to pick Mike's with your Patriot on, Patriot hat on. I'm Obviously, going, he's rooting for the goat to get a yeah, six. Yeah, I wonder who you're rooting for, Danny. Can you please enlighten me? <laughs> who am I rooting for in general? Both teams. I love greatness. I he's love te- greatness. He told me last week after they both won the game, I will be watching this game happily, knowing both my teams are in it. Whoa! That you is can't disrespectful have, whoa. to the game. You can't whoa. have both my you teams can't have, in it. You can't say, "Oh, both my teams are in the championship." Yeah, hang you, on. You a have second. one team, and then other teams that you like because good players on it. You can't have two I, teams. I respect Jared Goff. I loved. I, I I love watching Jared Goff play. His comeback drive against the Saints was a work of art to tie the game. It was incredible. I I I enjoyed watching that. I I've loved to see him develop. Starting when he began in in Cal and throwing for five hundred some odd yards, I I love it. But Tom Brady, how can you not love greatness? That's why I'm pulling for the Patriots. But I'm rooting for the team that beat gets to gets the chance to beat Tom Brady. That's you can root for greatness all you want. I root for the underdog. So you're I'm going, with I'm actually with Danny here. 
It's greatness. How much longer are we going to get to see it? He's, he's already the greatest quarterback of all he's time. He old. doesn't need another ring. I want to keep watching greatness. Sean McVay will no. get there one day. Jared Goff I'd rather will watch get there Mahomes retire this man. Greatness. I want greatness. When I turn on basketball, I want to watch LeBron. There, I want to watch Golden State. Why? I want to see greatness. There's another point, I don't want to see there's another other point good there. stuff. There's another point. Would you root for the Patriots knowing that if they won, Brady would retire? Yeah. I'd still root for him. I think I, I would root care. for him then because I want Brady out of this league. I I want greatness, and that's what he is. Brady is great. He does great things, and so I'm going to root for greatness, which in turn leads to me rooting for Brady with my good friend Danny. Two for two, dude. We got I two likes it. this one. Tennis and football coming together, and it hasn't happened before here at 88 won the Berg, and now it's finally happening. It's tootball or fennis. 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 We're playing Fennis Fennis sounds dirty, though. Let's go with football. Football, (laughs) tennis, and the future Smash Bros. professional. That is. That is getting out there. there. So we got the future Super Bowl champion. We got an athlete. The future Wimbledon champion. An athlete and and an athlete. Wait, wait. What's the granddaddy granddaddy of them all for? Uh, Evo. Evo. Evo champion. So Evo champion, Wimbledon (laughs) champion, and a Super Bowl champion. All right. All in one room. There's our big three questions for this week. Let's get to the next part of the podcast we got a fun game to play right now, the uh, Pro Bowl. They just did a dodgeball game, so we're going to do a dodgeball quarterback fantasy draft. And before the show, we drew the order. It's going to be Will with the first pick, then Danny, then me, and then I'll get the fourth pick, and we'll go around like a fantasy draft for fantasy football. But out of the quarterbacks that are currently in the NFL, you got to pick six guys on your team to fill out your ideal dodgeball team if you had to pick out of the quarterbacks. And Will has the first pick. Go ahead. Obviously, I'm going with Pat Mahomes. He's got the strongest arm. He's a beast. He's my dude. He's got the sidearm throw. Yeah, he can throw from different slot angles. He's angles. got the speed. Yeah. Dave? Yeah. I'm looking for someone who has both speed and also a strong arm. And with that, I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. He has a strong arm, and he can he can elude dodges from incoming quarterback's throws. So my pick, I'm picking Andrew Luck. All right. Who's still on the board? My boy, Russell Wilson. I got to go with him. I'm the homer. But uh, I think Russell Wilson would definitely be a great team captain for me. And then I also have the uh, fourth pick right behind that. With Russell Wilson on the team, I try to think who would go best with Russell Wilson. And, you know, it might be uh, someone who's in the NFC West, might be someone in the NFC. But if I'm going to go short guys that prove the NFL wrong, I got to go Breeze as my fourth pick. So Drew Brees and Russell Wilson on my team. That is a very good pick. Now I'm trying to. I want to have a quick, and I want a team. I want a team that's quick, so that they can be elusive. Because it's two sides of the ball. It's the offensive side getting people out, and also it's the defensive side and staying in. So I'm still going to go with with guys who are athletic and they're able to dodge dodge throws, but they also have a strong arm. So right now I am going to go. I'm going to pick. Surprisingly to some people, Cam Newton. Because, That's a good pick. No, that doesn't surprise me. I was going to pick him next. He, well, sorry. Oh, sorry. Wilson, Breeze, and Newton, you know that would have been a good start for me. Exactly. You stole my pick there. So my pick, Cam Newton. Will? Yeah, so I'm actually going to go here along the same lines of Danny. Danny actually snagged my pick. So I'm actually going to go here with Deshaun Watson. I like this arm good strength. Pick, I pick. like the speed. I think he's going to be able to dip. Dodge, duck, dive, and dodge, <laughs> or whatever they say on that. He does that show. enough already. And you got the next pick too. Oh boy! 
Serpentine. That's the perks of it. All right. Um, again, I'm probably going to stay someone who's quick, someone who can move around, but also sling it a little bit. He's very underrated with how well he throws. I'm going to go local boy, Marcus Mariota. I oh, grew okay. up in that area. Pick. I okay. do like All the Oregon talent. <laughs> I like the That's mobility. I like I'm the mobility. You. He's got enough arm strength that he can get it there. He can zip it in, but he'll be able to move and dodge balls. I am going to go with more speed. I'm going Dak Prescott. Good He's pick. got speed. He can move. And he showed against the Seahawks why he's a winner. So I'm going with Dak. I got Wilson and uh, Drew Brees on my team. So I got two short guys. I kind of need a, a big a big boy, a big anchor. And uh, so I think I'm going to go Matt Ryan here. He's going to be the anchor of my team. I think that's a good pick. And then right behind Matty Ice. Let's see who's left on the board. Can't even find him on here. Um, Matty mm. Ice is uh, at number eight on the eight? QBR. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see him. I see and then him. I don't know. I'm looking through the guys. I think who else would work on my team? We're kind of avoiding like the Roethlisberger's and the yeah, Tom Brady's. guys. Yeah. Or I we're eventually gonna have to take them. But um, I got so, uh, now I have three veterans. I need a I need a, a good young guy. I'm gonna go Baker Mayfield. Get some charisma on my Ooh, team. Ooh, stole my pick. Yeah. You know, you know he'll do a little dance, a little show off. Yeah. Let him know that could be a little. That could be good for the ego boost. Good yeah. little, good little person. Plus, everyone's gonna want to hit him. Exactly. Like I'm gonna tell my team to hit him. So <laughs> I'd love to see Baker get drilled in the face with a dodgeball. He's that guy that loves the trash talk, and he's just in your face. And then, and then you'll feel so satisfied when you finally get him out. And it takes a winner to get someone out. That's why I'm picking a winner. You guessed it. Tom Brady. Here we go. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. He knows how to win. He's Good luck get trying to get that guy to dodge my throws. Yeah, my he's throws. not moving. He's not dodging my throws. He he's might have the accuracy, but you know at the start when they have to like run up to the line and he's not the ball he's not, he's not going to go for it. No, for sure. There's no 100% way. not. He's staying back. 100%. All right, uh, Will, this is your second to last, and then you got yeah, your last pick I, after that? N- no, we get six guys, don't we? Do you have two more guys to go, or do you have? I, I have three. Okay, yeah. so so you got two picks. And yeah, we'll come I think back I finish. Yeah, I okay. finish it off. Yeah. So uh, when I'm looking out here, I'm looking at different quarterbacks, looking at big guys, looking at guys who can move. Well, he's you know kind of struggled as of late. I do like Jameis Winston. I think he can move enough to get away from some balls. He's not going to be quite a human shield, but I think. I like where he's headed. I, I don't like know about James that Wilson. accuracy we saw this year. He did get taken out of the game a couple of times. Got a backup right behind him. That is true, but I like eating rough. W's. Yum, 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 yum. It's fair. You know what he does. All right, and then I'm looking at my next pick, and now we're into the slow. Yeah, pokes. we're getting. Yeah, we're the all the fast dudes. guys are off the board. It looks like. So I'm gonna go with arm strength again here. Yeah. He's not going to be a popular pick in my team. A lot of people don't like him, but he can throw the ball hard. And you do need that, like, intimidator to go out and throw the ball hard. So I am going to pick Josh Allen here. Mm, I do okay. like him. I think he's young and spry enough to where he can move. Yeah. But you know what he's really going to come in for? He's going to come in with the Araldis Chapman 104 or 104 mile per hour fastball. Yeah. Intimidation, Will. You said that first, so I'm going. I'm going to stick on that trend. I am going to pick the beard, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's got the intimidation factor because when you're staring eye to eye to a guy with such a luscious beard 
like Ryan Fitzpatrick, or which me. is almost as good as Will Orkner's. No, thank for you. That I matter. appreciate that. I really do. When you're staring down his eye, you're going to get scared, and guess what? He's going to get you out. I'm picking Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right, these are my last two picks, so i got to round out my team. Again, i got Wilson Breeze, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield. And you guys are sleeping on someone a little bit. I know the interceptions are a problem, the accuracy is a problem, but two Super Bowl rings is enough for me to go with Eli Manning as my uh, fifth pick right there. I do like that pick, actually. I know you you might want to stay away from him because the interceptions have been a problem his whole career. He's never been much of a leader kind of guy, more of a role player on the Giants. But two Super Bowl rings, obviously there's something there, you know, to pick him. And I am surprised that uh, Jared Goff is still on the board. I'm not going to pick him, but I'm I'm guessing that's going to be your pick, Danny. Uh, Looking around, you got Roethlisberger. He's too slow for me. Trubisky, which we just saw what he did in the skills competition. No way I'm taking that guy. Uh, Philip Rivers, ooh, that might be a, that might be my pick. I don't know. I got Wilson, Breeze, Ryan, Baker, and Eli. I think I need another young guy. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go Nick Mullins, San Francisco Nick quarterback. Mullins, okay, he yeah. can move all right for he sure. He can move a little bit, yeah. And we don't know what this guy's capable of yet. And he might show up on my dodgeball team as one of the underdog picks, and might end up being in my top three of talent wise on my dodgeball team. So that's my team: Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, Eli Manning and Nick Mullins. Right now, for my team, I have Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm going to conclude my team. I'm looking for someone who can win. I got someone who has recent success in Ben Roethlisberger still on the board. I also have Jared Goff, who's in the Super Bowl. And But... There is a bad man still on this list that knows how to come in the clutch. Oh. That's why I'm picking A-Rod. I'm picking Aaron Rodgers to conclude my roster. That guy's going to break his leg trying to run out of the way. That guy's had so many injury problems in the last three years. That man, he knows how to get the job done when everything's Yeah, when he balance. doesn't have a broken collarbone. We'll have bone. a clutch you team because we'll have Brady and Rodgers. going to be your pick, Will? He was actually. He's injury prone. He is. He's going to pull a hammy in the first round. But he can sling it. I guess. He can sling it. All right. Last pick of the draft. You guys drastically overlooked this position on the dodgeball team. Here we go. Okay, okay, okay. It's called the human shield. Ooh, that's a good You need to have one guy that's out there just eating up dodgeballs. Yeah. That's why I'm going to pick Big Ben. Okay. Because I think he might catch a few. But what I'm really leaning towards is he uses his big old body to get in the way. And he's going to make sure that Patty Mahomes, Jameis Winston, Deshaun Watson, uh, Josh Allen, and Marcus Mariota are safe. And here's the thing. If he does catch a ball, that's one of the hardest throwing quarterbacks in the league as well. Yeah. So what I'm looking at here is someone that's going to take a couple in the face, but hopefully he hits a couple people in the face as well. Okay, okay. All right, that wraps up our fantasy draft. A couple of notable guys not taking Mitch Trubisky, Phillip Rivers, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, Joe Flacco, Alex Smith, Matt Stafford, just to name a few of those quarterbacks. But that's going to wrap up our podcast this week. Uh, Next week, we're going to be on 4.30 on Friday for Facebook Live, and we'll be going up on the SoundCloud next week as well. It's going to be a Super Bowl special episode. This Super Bowl has so much to talk about. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl probably 30 to 40 minutes straight next Friday at 4.30. So until then, my name is Austin Lane. Thank you for joining me. As always, Danny DeBach and Will Ortner. We will catch you guys next time here on Austin, Danny, and Will.